That's right, welcome to Rugby World Cup today here on SENZ, brought to you by Kubota, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Friday night and quarterfinals footy is right around the corner. In fact, I just had a look on Tribe, we're now 37 hours out from kickoff between the All Blacks and Ireland. Fair to say fizz levels are starting to reach an all-time high and with that team naming going down this morning, the stage is now set for one of the great games of code. So on today's show, we'll continue the build-up to Sunday and Monday morning morning's matches with a dive into the All Blacks camp to hear from Ian Foster and co post that All Blacks 23 being named. We'll then take a look at the latest news out of Wales, England, Fiji and South Africa ahead of their respective matchups. The great man Marty Banks, he'll be joining us just after 6.30 to chew the fat and share his views and insight on the weekend's action ahead. And we'll have our usual breakout performer brought to you by Breakout River Meets and of course cast an eye over the scheduler games that you can listen to live here on SENZ. But before we get into the All Blacks camp first, I thought we'd kick things off by getting a little perspective from our opponents, the Irish. And these aren't just any random punters. The clip you're about to hear is from Shane Horgan and Rob Kearney, two former Irish internationals who are now a part of the VMTV rugby team that is covering the World Cup in Ireland. And here they're joined by former Scotland coach Matt Williams to discuss the game, with Horgan throwing a real spanner in the works, turning his back on his nation and picking the All Blacks to win this game. Look, it's 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 a cigarette paper again between these teams, and it, it's it's going to be who turns up on the night. Mm. But the challenge New Zealand will pose is yeah. you know it's it's different, but it's great. And I tell you why he said that because I think um, you know his, history does mean something here. Yeah. You know there there is an there just New Zealand ex, two things they expect. Even what's gone on the last two years, they expect to win quarterfinals of the World Cup, yeah. and they expect to beat Ireland. Yeah. Right? That actually, that's that's a good starting point for them. As I said, their trajectory in this competition is going up. Their individual skill level is super strong. You can see the fingerprints of Joe Smith on them as well. Okay. So they're they're breaking teams down from first phase because they've analysed them so well. Mm. Um, but um, are Ireland capable? of delivering a performance that can beat New Zealand? Absolutely, categorically, yes, is the answer to that. Mm. Um, they didn't, and Andy Farrell mentioned it, they didn't deliver a perfect performance there or they haven't this World Cup. Um, but if they deliver close to a perfect performance against New Zealand, they can certainly beat them. And, and as Rob has been saying over and over again, Ireland are laser focused on the quarterfinal. That's you know that's their that's the that's their focus point. And is it is it the weight of history that's just swinging you a touch towards the black side? I think so. I think that's what it is. Um, I do think that I think this New Zealand team is is better than we saw mm. um, either against the Springboks um, in in the warm up game, and there was a player off for that. Um, and France. certainly against France, they made they made some really fundamental mistakes. I hadn't seen a New Zealand team make as many basic mistakes as that maybe ever because we, you know, in our era, New Zealand just didn't make mistakes, didn't mm. never drop the ball. Sometimes you think, how, you know, how they retained the ball possession for so long without making mistakes. Mm. Um, so I don't, I expect a higher level performance than that. And, uh, you know, if they deliver that, then, you know, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. It's going to be very difficult to I, beat this side. I just, and so one, Counterpoint, because if, if it wasn't you saying this, then I would have quoted Shane Horgan 
to you to whoever you uh, yeah. were in a parallel universe. So Shane Horgan has said that this Irish team confounds the weight of history and confounds our expectations. So let's not worry about the weight of history. Yeah, and listen, they are with every passing game in this World Cup, with every performance, they are turning a page on history. And I really hope yeah. and pray that they do. But until they do, they're still shackled with that weight. Okay. Without doubt. And there's another layer to that. Do you think New Zealand want to get square with a green jersey? Do you think New Zealand aren't humiliated and embarrassed about what Ireland did down in the shaky aisles two years ago? Like Mm. The the New Zealanders really want this game. Do you think Joe's not winding them up? That's their icing on their emotional Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. New Zealand are licking their lips. Yeah. To play against. Do you, not th- do you not think Ireland must be inside their heads a little bit? Yeah, they must be very a, a fearful of bit, Ireland. But we, we've had so many conversations about which quarterfinal opposition do we want? Do we want France? Do we want South Africa? Back and forth, back and forth. This has never been a question for New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We want Ireland in that yeah. quarterfinal. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 100%. Over Listen, South we Africa are, scary. We are yeah. relatively new into the conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. New Zealand never even thought about us. You know, you know, and I know we've done well against South Africa and Australia, but even in World Cup, New Zealand never rated us. First in the world, pff, who are you talking to? Yeah, they've they hit the jackpot by getting us in the quarters. Yeah, yeah. that's how they see in it. In their minds, yeah. yeah. But I, I do think, I do think the perception is changing, right? Now, it's, it's definitely that we're perceived in a different way because we have to be mm. for what's gone over the last five years. But bear in mind, we never beat them up until that. So they were dead right, yeah. you know? But, and, you know, we, you know, and Rob was on the team, you know, he broke through. And so it, things changed slightly at that point and they've changed more significantly since. But there is no doubt, Robert's 100% right, there is no doubt. They think if they, if they could have picked anyone you know, from that group, it would have been Ireland. Mm-hmm. OK. Um, I, I was sort of asking Matt what type of game he expects. I guess a more pointed way of putting it is this is not going to be 13-8 that we saw between Ireland and South Africa. This will have tries. Yeah, it, it will have a lot of tries. And, and, and Shane said earlier on that, you know, talking about the, the South African defence and how it's the hardest one for Ireland to almost play against. New Zealand are pretty soft in their defence. They're not a super aggressive line speed. They'll show you the edges, but they'll hunt you down when you get there. They'll go hard at the breakdown um, in those five, 10 metre edge channels. Ireland will have a lot of ball to attack against them and will put them under a fair bit of pressure. Mm. Um, I do think we'll we'll see some joy uh, attacking against them, but New Zealand are probably still the most lethal team in the competition, them and France, in terms of turnover ball. So if we kick in any way loosely, if we cough up, cough up any cheap possession, yeah. they will punish you. So good to hear a bit of an Irish perspective there and also good to hear a bit of fear creeping into their voice. They're clearly aware of the threat the All Blacks possess and again that theme of revenge keeps popping up. But into the All Blacks camp we go now and we'll start with coach Ian Foster discussing one of the main headlines of the day and that was why Mark Talia has missed out on selection. Yeah, breach of protocol, um, nothing major but uh, enough to keep me out of selection for this week so um, still nothing. Trained well. Happens. How disappointing to have that happen in such an important week, though. Oh, look, it is what it is. So it's just for us, it's pretty clean cut. I don't really want to talk about it anymore. And we, we've dealt with it as a team, moved on. So. Um 
So there we have it, Mark Talia, unfortunately missing out due to disciplinary issues. We're just lucky, in my opinion, Leicester Whanganuku playing some great code at the moment. So while we will miss Mark, Leicester is a more than capable replacement. The big shock for many in the 23 came in that reserve halfback jersey with Finlay Christie getting the nod over Cam Roygaard, who's been in great form this year. He's probably been the breakout player of the year in New Zealand rugby for 2023. Here's Fozzie explaining why they made the call to go with the Blues number nine. We just felt that it's horses for courses for this particular game. We, we like, we just think Finlay's got an edge defensively. We think there's a lot of action likely to happen around the ruck defensively, and, and we um, and we've been delighted with Cam's form and in a different type of game. But it might have gone slightly differently, but this one here, we've we've, we've gone for that. An interesting call for me there. Clearly they're saying Christie gets the nod defensively. I thought Roygaard's superior running game, especially and his size and physicality around the rucks, might have got him the nod, but in Fozzie we trust. Over to Adi Savir we go now with our inspirational number eight talking on the challenge the All Black loose forwards will face on Sunday coming up against an impressive Irish trio. Yeah, mate, they're, they're real class. Um, Doris and Van der Fleur. Um, only the they've been playing together for many many years and i feel like you know they just they just look like they're clicking and in sync um so um it's a it's kind of like a a great challenge for us to go out go out and battle against a loose trio like that so um yeah really looking forward to it to the battle but also know it's going to be a massive challenge and it's not often the All Blacks go into a game as unanimous underdogs. In fact, I think the TAB said it's only the fourth time in their history that All Blacks haven't been the favourite heading into a game. But here's the conductor of the All Black backline, Richie Moanga, on the unfamiliar position of being underdogs this weekend. Um, as a player, it's not a biggie for us. Uh, none of the boys are on the TAB or Bet365 punting, so... Um, <laughs> It's not a biggie. That'll be a breach of protocol as well. That is, yeah. Um, so it's not a biggie for us. So it's you can't um, show away from the fact how great this island team is. Uh, what they've done the last couple of years. Um, defensively, a really sound team, and um, able to put teams in some pressure moments because of their set piece and the way they play the game. Um, and they're the best team in the world right now. We don't have to be the best team in the world now, we've got to be the best on the day and that's Saturday, so that's um, a real target for us and something we're looking forward to. So good to hear the boys won't be putting any multis on the game. Fair to say I will be. I'll be back in the All Blacks, of course. But then finally, back to Ian Foster, who was asked if the All Blacks have channeled their great performance in Johannesburg just over a year ago as a bit of a measuring stick for playing under pressure. I don't think the past matters. You know, I think you learn a lot from the past, but you learn it at the time, and, and it becomes part of who you are, and it becomes part of us as a team. That this team's ready. Um, we've prepared well with this in mind. You know, if you look at this year, we've you know the whole thing is about getting ready for a World Cup and to make sure we're primed to perform at this stage of the tournament. And so um, we're excited by it. We, we know that the size of the challenge. We know how how good Ireland are, and, and they deserve all the points they get, but, um, you know, it's, playoff rugby is, is about who's best on the day. 
Certainly is, Fozzie, and fingers crossed the lads can get up because, jeez, would it be a big win for us. Time now for your Breakout Performer, brought to you by Breakout River Meats, 100% Australian meat and proudly supporting Rugby Union. And tonight's highlighted player is a man in the spotlight wearing the 11 jersey this weekend, Leicester Whaingānoku. So far in the Rugby World Cup, three games, four tries, 38 runs, 18 defenders beat and five clean breaks and five offloads. A key attribute to his game this weekend, he's almost like a ninth loose forward for us. So I think his ability to rip in there, especially around ruck time with some strong carries, will be crucial. But here's a highlight of him scoring a doozy of a try against Uruguay. Good recycle. They've got numbers over on the left-hand side. The catching and passing is brilliant. Away to Listifying Anuku on the 22-metre line, who will just toy with the covering defender, who's Augustin Omachea. Swats him away. Get off me, son. I'm going in for my second try. It's 57 points to nil. Right, time now for an air break, and when we come back, we'll have a look at the latest news out of your other quarterfinal sides as they build up to some massive games this weekend. That's right, welcome back to Rugby World Cup today with Surly, brought to you by Kubota, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. A quick look at the text line. Remember, I'd love to hear from you throughout the show, double eight, double three. We've had a message from Zaid, who's asked if I'm looking forward to the All Blacks game this weekend. And yeah, mate, I'm fizzing. To be honest, I don't think I've been this excited for a game of code in a long time. Two sides that play an entertaining brand of footy. I think it's going to be one for the ages. I'd be keen to know who you're backing, mate, and maybe even a cheeky little score prediction but great to hear from you. Time now to wrap up the latest happenings from the other sides involved in this weekend's finals action with Wales, England, Fiji and South Africa all fronting media sessions today ahead of their respective games. So we'll start with Wales, who of course will meet Argentina in the first game, 4am on Sunday morning. Head coach Warren Gatland, he was asked on the possibility of an all-Northern Hemisphere clean sweep in the quarters and if he believes that that could happen. You know, I don't know where Michael sort of got, got, got that from. He's probably t- trying to take some pressure off himself. Uh, if you read or listened to anyone two months ago, there, were, there was a lot of speculation, people predicting we wouldn't even get out of the group. So, um, And we embraced that because we can only control the things that we can do and we knew what we were doing with, with the group and if things change, then um, you've got to be comfortable with, with whatever's been thrown at you. So... You know, we, we, we haven't spoken about underdogs or favourite tags. We're just going through our own processes and working as hard as we can to make sure that the preparation is right for, for Saturday. Yeah, so Gatlin throwing a little shot there as well. A lot of the media and experts who predicted that Wales wouldn't be there, of course, they struggled in the Six Nations, so it has been impressive to see them run through pool play, four from four, and they're looking every bit of chance of playing semi-finals football. Now, England, they, of course, will meet Fiji on Monday morning, and it's fair to say the mutual fans will well and truly be cheering for the flying Fijians. Get up, the lads. The 2003 World Cup winning halfback Matt Dawson was asked about the threat Fiji pose to this English side? They're going to be really tricky. Um, of course, England are going to, but Jamie George this week was saying about how it's hurting at the moment from that defeat at Twickenham only a few weeks ago. However, these individuals, as well as collectively, but individuals are a step ahead of um, a lot of other those perceived second-tier nations. 
they are going to score tries. They are going to break the line. England are going to be under pressure. It's how England can deal with being under pressure um, that will define this quarter-final. But they will be a threat and it's going to be a tough game to call. I'm going to say England by eight points. And just very quickly, the other quarter-finals as well. Can Ireland do it over New Zealand? I, I, th- I think Ireland will do it over New Zealand. I think France will do it over South Africa. And I think Wales will do it over Argentina. England to win and Ireland to win. That says enough for me. But then number number eight, sorry, from England, Billy, Billy, Billy Vunapola, front of media today. And the question was put to him around Fiji being, England, uh, being everyone's second favourite team and the fact that French fans will well and truly be backing them. So is he comfortable with playing the bad guy role? I wouldn't say Fiji's their second favourite team. I'd say England's their first least favourite team. So... <laughs> Um, in terms of being public enemy number one, we're happy to take that mantle on. Um, seeing a lot of teams get talked up. Top four, apparently. Apparently there's a top four now in rugby, in, in international rugby. I didn't know there was a table, but um, we're quietly going about our work and confidently, confidently going about our work. And our game is, is to play well against Fiji. Sorry, our, our plan is to get, play well firstly against Fiji and then deal with whatever happens after that, after that. But Fiji's our main threat. So Billy and the English clearly comfortable with not being the fan favourites, and fair enough too, they're certainly a team that it seems like most mutual punters would like to see leave the tournament early. On the other side of the ledger, Fiji, they will have a massive supporter base at this game with mutual fans from around the world cheering for them to pull off the upset. Assistant coach Saramaya Bai was asked about the level of excitement in the fans back in Fiji with the possibility of this side advancing through to a semi-final of a World Cup for their first time in history. Well, I, I don't call it excitement. They're crazy. Uh, <laughs> uh, back at home. That's something that, uh, you know, just like in England, I'm passionate about rugby. Same as a little island in Fiji. Um, everyone's get up early in the morning at 3, 5 o'clock in the morning. And it's something that uh, can keep uh, sickness, people who are sick, come alive when we win games. And we're just going to make sure that we not only play for a certain quarterfinal, we just play for our own people, uh, young kids, um, you know, people in the village. That, that means a lot to, to, to them. Uh, we just make sure that, you know, everybody's excited. I know that comes with uh, disappointment along the way, but, um, you know, hey, 16 years ago, We've made the quarterfinal, and now we we here where no one even pro- probably you know possibility for us to make it. And now we here, we are just excited to anybody else, and uh, probably we're just gonna make the most of it. Yeah, I don't know about you, but every time I hear Fijian fans or players or coaching staff speak about their love for the game, it just makes me smile. And of course, that was a statement echoed by Mick Byrne, Fijian drill coach, on here earlier in the week, just saying how much his local community has been getting around the team. So fingers crossed they can pull it off. Fiji in a semi, how good would that be? In the last quarter final, the defending champs will look to knock out the home side in front of a massive French crowd. Springbok hooker Bongi Mbami was asked... What type of atmosphere they are preparing for and how they've tried to prepare for the noise at training this week. 
Oh yeah, I mean uh, the, uh, the atmosphere we see, uh, uh, we said earlier um, uh, it's going to be massive. Uh, uh, we've tried to uh, stimulate it um, in the trainings that uh, that uh, we experienced it in the week. So when it comes to the match, it's not something new that shocks you. Uh, we know it's going to be all, uh, uh, we know it's going to be sold out. We know that they're going to start singing and everything like that. Uh, we're just going to uh, we're just going to embrace it and try to focus on our game plan. When you say stimulated, have you had noise in the training? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we've we've had noise in the training. Uh, we've, uh, we've 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 tried and just uh, just make sure that when it comes on Sunday, it's not the first time that you experience it. You've had it throughout the whole week. You know exactly what you experience, uh, and then you just try and focus on uh, executing our game plan. And of course, so much of the media focus and the build-up to this game has been on the availability of French captain and the world's best player, Anton Dupont. But how has this affected the Springboks' build-up? Has it been a distraction for them? World Player of the Year. Uh, we, if you have that that title, you are you are a special player, and he's proven it playing for for Toulouse um, and for the French team. Every every game he he plays, there's some highlight reel um, of a magic moment, a cross kick or a pass or pulling someone back over the try line. So he, he is a unbelievable player. Um, we haven't spoken a lot about the fact that. If he's going to play or not, um, we're just focusing on how we have to prepare, how, how our systems work, and what we need to do in the game to be um, well to to make our systems work and and our plans work. So a good insight there from Kobus Reinach, who of course was the one back in that 7-1 split when the Springboks went with that the other week. He can play fly half, scrum half, he can play on the wing, a real utility, and he may well have to mark up against DuPont this weekend. Right, coming up now to the news. After that, we'll be joined by the pride of the South, Highlanders and Southland Stags first five, Marty Banks, here on SENZ. <laughs> That's right, welcome back to Rugby World Cup today. You're with Surly, brought to you by Kubota, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. And we're joined now by the one and only Marty Banks. Cheers for jumping on, mate. A bit of a general question to start, but what have you made of the tournament so far as a whole? Have you been impressed by the brand of footy that's being played? Yeah, oh, you must have been scraping the barrel once again, Surly, to buddy <laughs> get me on board, mate. Um, I think you've just got back into the country, mate, so the the sleep deprivation might be getting here, but um, um, but yeah, to be honest, mate, I've probably really only watched a handful of games. It's uh, normally too early for me, mate. I'm getting into my thirties now, mid thirties, so those hours of sleep are pretty crucial. But from what I've seen, it's uh, it's been pretty good. I watched a Japanese game um, versus Argentina. I mm. um, was sort of hoping Japan got up there, but um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting this weekend. Obviously, there's a couple of tight games and a couple of games that are probably on the other side of the draw that probably aren't as appealing to, to a lot of the rugby folk, but um, I'm sort of hoping England lose to Fiji and that'll give me a great, great weekend all round when the ABs get up as well. Oh, 100%. And you mentioned the ABs there. Surely you've been watching their games and they named their side this morning. Foster made a couple changes. One forced through Talia breaking curfew and then one tactical change with Christie getting the nod in that reserve halfback jersey. But let's start with Mark. I can imagine a curfew was never your best friend, but how big of a loss will he be? <laughs> or do you reckon Lester Whanganuku's playing some great code at the moment, so he'll slot straight in? 
Yeah, I've, I've missed the old curfew on my time, mate, but on a way smaller scale, I guess. <laughs> Back in my day, uh, no one really cared if I missed curfew, but still at the World Cup, that's, uh, yeah, she's a tough one, and I obviously don't know the ins and outs. Obviously, you only see what the media's printed, and yeah, I'm sure poor old Mark will be gutted. Um, mm. Yeah, but it is, uh, you've seen Izzy Dag and that go about it, and they, they went about and uh, what do they have? Man of the match performances. Obviously, Mark doesn't get the crack at that. Uh, to right the wrongs, but um, Lester, no, oh, mate, he's. I thought he'd be starting anyway. Oh, well, in my books, anyway, should be should have been starting. So, not ahead of Mark. How you got Mark and Lester on the field at the same time? Um, probably depended on what you did with Bodie and that at fullback. But um, that decision was taken out of the, the coach's hands by we curfew misdemeanor. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, pretty exciting. I think um, the Roy Guard decision. Obviously, I've, I've played with Finlay you know, quite a bit at Tassie, and I've heard. Fozzie come out and say it was sort of a horses for courses uh, decision and sort of Finlay is mad, he loves defence he's probably um, one of the more physical halfbacks going around um, so in that respect that's bloody good but you obviously feel for Cam because he's been playing some bloody good footy and um, real unlucky to miss out I actually thought they'd give you a call mate, they obviously shot the gap pretty early, you, you probably missed a few curfews over there too I imagine Yeah yeah curfews weren't in my favour but yeah fair to say I picked the boots but I think probably Beaver would get the nod above me so I was, I was probably third string there mate but Ireland have looking pretty sharp throughout this tournament and over the last couple of years to be fair, in your opinion what are the areas that you reckon Ian Foster and the All Blacks will try and take them on have you seen any weaknesses to their game? Mate I Seriously impressive footy, eh? Like, oh, I watched Jamison Gibson um, go from halfback to wing last week. Um, I think when James Lowe went off, he jumped on the wing, makes half a break, gets up from the ruck. One phase later, he's on the opposite corner, putting his hooker in the left-hand corner for a try. Like, it sort of shows what they're all about, eh? Like, literally anyone at any given time um, can do their role. Like, it. so he's playing wing, so, you know, you can chuck a nine on the wing and he's doing his role. So, from face value, it looks like they've just got guys that you could put them anywhere on the park um, and, and they'd execute their skill level to a high standard. And um, just seeing that effort by Jamison sort of summed up what Ireland's all about. And you've got guys like Bundy Aki, um, who's been immense through the World Cup, um, getting them on the front foot. And, yeah, like it's, it's hard to pick a pick a fault in any of their game, really, is it? I just, I've seen a video of Nuggy. Um, I think he was talking to Jeff Wilson. And um, Nuggy said they're ready, and he, like, very rarely um, over the years I've sort of played a bit with Nuggy, but to see the look in Nuggy's eye when he was talking to Jeff, like, he is seriously ready, and I can only imagine what the inside of that camp looks like for the All Blacks if Nuggy's looking like that. So, oh, mate, it's going to be a humdinger. Um, yeah, I, I think the All Blacks will win. I think in the last World Cup, I think it was the same. I think Ireland, All Blacks in the quarters, probably everyone was writing off the All Blacks because Ireland was meant to go through and win it. and. Mm. Um, the All Blacks put a big score on them from memory. I can't remember the exact score, but it wasn't close. Um, I, I imagine it will be closer this time, but yeah, I've got an All Blacks win. Mate, that's good to hear. That's that's good enough for me. France versus South Africa, like you mentioned before, that's probably the second quarter final that everyone's looking forward to, the champs against the hosts. How do you see this one playing out, mate? DuPont looks like he's going to be out there, good to go. Pollard is back for the box. Who wins this game, in your opinion? Yeah, at the start of the tournament, I thought uh, it would be a France-New uh, Zealand final. So I still think it'll be that way. Um, I think France will beat South Africa. France is just too good, eh? Like, um, at home, DuPont back. Obviously, you say South Africa's got Pollard, but DuPont's huge. I don't know the impact he'll have in terms of his face. So I'm sure he should be pretty sore. And what 
you know, how, uh, how he'll go about his game will be probably a little bit different to how he normally would, I imagine. But mm. who knows, he might be a hard bugger like you and he might just stick his head <laughs> in dark places and really rip in. But, yeah, yeah I, I think it'd be a France win. Um, but they're, they're two awesome games and um, it's unfortunate to see a couple of the teams probably bow out that probably should have been in the semi-final. The other quarterfinal I'm looking forward to on the other side of the draw, and you touched on it a bit early, Fiji versus England. You mentioned you're hoping Fiji get up. They beat them a couple of months ago, didn't they? So it's not without their means. But realistically, do you reckon they have the game to knock the English out? They've been in a bit of shambles, the English, haven't they? And now there's rumours, what, Ford's getting dropped, Farrell to 10, Smith to 15. Are they right for the plucking here for the Fijians? Yeah, I haven't actually seen the England team. Um, but I just think Fiji will be dangerous. They look Last week they were favourites and they probably panicked a little bit um, and obviously lost that game, whereas I think now there'll be no pressure on those guys to perform and I think that's probably when they're, they're, they're most lethal. And um, Like you say, England haven't been great. Like Obviously they've won a couple of games early on on the back of Ford's boot with drop goals and all the rest of it. Sort of pretty negative footy, um, winning footy, but negative from a sort of viewer's perspective. But mm. yeah, I just think if Fiji get it right, I'm, yeah, it's more of a a heart decision and a head, obviously head says England, but it'd be awesome to see Fiji really rip in and um, put them under some pressure because I think if they do and they start getting some momentum, um, play some Fijian footy, um, I've no doubt that they're a good enough team to beat England on their day. England probably have to be slightly off, but uh, we've seen through the World Cup that that can happen. So uh, it'd be awesome for the, the Fijian nation to bloody get into a semi-final, that's for sure. And Wales-Argentina, the other quarterfinal. It's actually the first one, and the winner will play the winner of that All Blacks versus Ireland semi. You, who are you expecting to advance from this one, mate? Because for me, she's a bit of a coin toss, but fair to say both sides have hardly impressed me. Wales have gone through undefeated, but I couldn't tell if maybe the Wallabies just made them look a bit better than they are. And then Argentina, I think they might have taken a little step back, although they did look decent against Japan last week. Yeah, well, I think uh, I watched... I uh, uh, watched um, Wales play, I think it was Fiji, it was round one, eh? I think it was. Mm. And like for a little bit, they looked pretty good, but when Fiji started getting stuck into them, Wales looked pretty average, eh? Like, um, and then, like you say, Argentina found a little bit of form against Japan. Um, I, I, I thought Argentina would beat Wales. Um, you know, Wales probably done their dash early on. I think they'll probably um, pay the price for that and, and lose uh, against Argentina. I think the odds, I think, our favourites, I think you should know. You bloody yeah, you they are. A million bucks for the CABD. So. <laughs> oh, settle, yeah, horse, so, settle. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, so, nah, so for me, yeah, I, I think it'll be Argentina. The heart wants Fiji to win, um, and then I think it'll be France and New Zealand that progress. Right, that's a great multi, the Marty Banks multi. Back to the All Blacks game, just quickly. And the Irish fans, mate, they've been turning up massive to these games in big numbers. They've been singing after their wins. They've really been next level, right? Are you expecting this atmosphere on Sunday morning in Paris to be pretty second to none? They're a good, fun bunch, aren't they? They love a cold one. Yeah, you can't really hate them, can you? Like, if you were to lose to someone, you probably wouldn't mind it being Ireland. Um, I, I remember I met a few Irish when I was in Japan when the World Cup was on last time and, you know, you, like, you watch a game next to another another country and you're sort of waiting to stick a jib in, but when you're off the Irish, you just, you want to jump on their team nearly because they're so, they're just good buggers. So, um, yeah, like, I, I think it's going to be huge. It'll be probably like a home game. I imagine they've got that travelling travelling crew that's just huge. Even when they came to New Zealand down in Dunedin, um, when was that, a year or two ago now, like, there was just Irish everywhere and they're so passionate about it. So, you know, I've got a few Irish mates and they just they just can't wait to, 
to get stuck into the All Blacks and hopefully I don't receive a pretty average message uh, come Sunday mid-morning from my Irish mate. And finally, mate, last time I saw you, uh, we were actually at Mount Smart and you got fleeced for a Warriors jersey swap by a staff member from the TAB after a few too many. You traded that in that brand new jersey of yours for some random piece of kit. Did you manage to get that jersey back or did you have to take a bit of a loss <laughs> no, on that one, mate? That hurts. It still hurts me to this day. It got me at a real vulnerable moment. I, I said no quite a few times and... I think he just waited for me to sink a few more vessels because um, I was going down bloody good. And uh, yeah, he just he managed to get off me back. And uh, yeah, it's needless to say that, that jersey is not coming back. So uh, I've still got the flannelette one. I, I don't know if I'll ever wear it. Um, but it's the closest thing to a Warriors jersey I've got at the moment. And obviously you were with the Stags this year. The NPC semi-finals are going down as well. Taranaki, Canterbury, and then Wellington, Hawks Bay. Who have you got winning those two, bro? Who do you reckon will be in the big dance next week? Oh, weekend? yeah. Yeah, I haven't actually watched much of Canterbury lately, but Taranaki have been looking bloody good, eh? I think. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Naki at home off yeah. the top of my head, so I'll be going Naki there. And what was the other one? Uh, Wellington, Hawks Bay in Welly. There's a bit of a grudge oh, match there, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, well, Hawks Bay beat them in Wellington for the Shield the other week. And I think Hawks Bay have got um, too many people to prove wrong now. I think they've got a bit of chip on their shoulder, obviously, um, with the Shield and breaking that and all the news. I, I picked them to beat uh, Wellington the other week, and I think it'll be the same. Um, Hawks, are a, Hawks are a bloody good team. And, but yeah, I think they've just got a chip on the shoulder now to really dig in and sort of galvanise the team. So, yeah, maybe a Taranaki-Hawks Bay final. Oh, right, that a bit of an upset. Don't mind it. Well, cheers for jumping on, mate. Appreciate your time, especially on a Friday night. Enjoy the footy on the weekend and up the ABs. Hey, cheers, Phil. Take it easy, mate. <laughs> Legend. Time now for an ad break. When we come back, we'll have a look at the schedule ahead of games live here on SENZ. That's right, welcome back to Rugby World Cup today, here with Surly on SENZ, brought to you by Kubota, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Time now to have a look ahead at this weekend's games, of course, live here on SENZ. 3.30am, the build-up starts for the first of your four quarter-finals, Sunday morning, Wales versus Argentina, you'll have Sammy Hewitt and Steve Devine in the saddle for that one. In terms of my predictions for this game, I'm actually backing Wales to be too good here. I think the loss of Pablo, that will be a massive loss for Los Pumas. And with Dan Bigger and Gareth Anscombe in the mix, I think that'll go a long way to helping Wales get the win. So I'm expecting Gatlin's lads to grind it out in a tight one. This game could go either way, to be fair. The Pumas, they're a side that often fuels so much on emotion. So if they get off to a fast start, and they probably do play the more exciting brand of rugby, then they could make a real game of this one but I'm going to tip the Welsh to get up in a close game. 
Then following that, she's the big one with build-up starting from 7am for that 8 o'clock kickoff. Ireland vs New Zealand. Daniel McCarty and Corey Jane are the dynamic duo that are going to call this game. And what a game it is going to be. The build-up has been huge. Lots of talk around the rivalry and the All Blacks want for revenge from those results the Irish achieved on our shores last year. Marty Banks spoke about it before. The look in the players' eyes, the intensity throughout the build-up. They are here ready to go. It's almost a different look to all black sides we've seen in lead-ups to games in the past and I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that we're genuine underdogs heading into this game something we're really not used to and for me the two D's will be the key here, defence and discipline I think if we can get line speed try and put some pressure on their attack and catch them behind the advantage line while also trying to get to Sexton and roughing him up a little because he can throw his toys if you get your hands on him. I think that'll go a long way. I also think if we can limit the damage at breakdown that will be key. The Irish, they're so accurate at ruck time. They're deadly over the ball on defence so if our discipline in that area can be spot on, we can't afford to give away penalties, then that will be huge. So tick those two boxes and I think we get the win. In that 1-12 to 12 range, this is going to be one of the games for the ages. Then Monday morning we get treated to a double header. Set your alarms nice and early. This is a game you don't want to miss. 3.30am, Sam Hewitt and Steve Devine will kick off the build-off for a 4 o'clock start. And I'm really hoping Fiji can pull this one off. I think they were due a loss after that famous win against the Wallabies. That came last week at the hands of Portugal. So hopefully they got that out of their system. And now they'll be ready to rip into the English. For me, England, I don't think they're sure on their identity as a team at the moment. They started the tournament playing a kicking game, using the skills of forward to go up in threes. Now they've decided to ditch that. They've brought back Farrell. They're going with Smith at the back and I think it might cost them. They look a little confused. They look right for the picking. They were probably lucky to beat Samoa last week. So keep an eye on this game. Then 7.30 following that, she's a big one. France versus South Africa. Sumo Stevenson and Ant Strawn will be calling that one. And I think the box, they're going to break the hearts of the host. Now for them, the start is going to be key. If they can get the first 20 minutes, come out with that one dog at Whanganui start, then I think that'll go a long way to winning this game. The French crowd, they fueled so much on emotion. They're going to be up for this game. If the French get off to a hot start, it might be hard to pull them back. But if South Africa can play that 10-man code that they do so well and use the boot of Pollard, I'll back them to get it. So that's us for another week of Rugby World Cup today. Hope you enjoy your finals footy and, of course, the coverage of the games here on SENZ. I'll catch you back here on Monday night, fresh off the back of these mouth-watering matchups to dissect the four quarterfinals and hopefully a famous win for the lads wearing black. So go well, take care, and up the ABs.
There's 